Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. series of unfortunate events book the second reptile room chapter 11 three more chapters cool maximus no barking oh goodness hold on see we should rename it reading with dogs (laughs) chapter 11 meanwhile back at the ranch Violet was upstairs, surveying the bedroom. She took a deep breath and tied her hair in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes. As you and I and everyone who is familiar with Violet know, when she ties her hair behind her head like that, it's because she needs to think up an invention. And right now, she needs to think of one quickly. Violet had realized that when her brother had talked about Stefano ordering them to carry his suitcase into the house, that the evidence she had been looking for was undoubtedly in that very suitcase. And now, while her siblings were distracting the adults in the reptile room, would be her only opportunity to open the suitcase and retrieve proof of Stefano's evil plot. Max, no. But her aching shoulder was a reminder that she couldn't simply open the suitcase. It was locked. With a lock as shiny as Stefano's scheming eyes. I confess that if I were in Violet's place with only a few minutes to open the lock suitcase instead of on the deck of my friend's belly yacht, I would be writing this down. I would probably have given up hope. I would have sunk into the floor of the bedroom and pounded my fists against the carpet, wondering why in the world life was so unfair and filled with inconveniences. Luckily for the Baudelaire's, however, Violet was made of sterner stuff and took a good look around the bedroom for anything that might help her. There wasn't much in the way of inventing materials. Violet longed for a good room in which inventing things filled with wires and gears and all of the necessary equipment to invent all of the really top-notch devices. Uncle Monty was in fact in possession of many of these supplies, but to to Violet's frustration as she thought of this, they were located in the reptile room. She looked at the pieces of butcher paper tacked to the wall where she had hoped to sketch out inventions as she lived in Uncle Monty's house. The trouble had begun so quickly that Violet had only a few scribblings on one sheet of paper, which she had written by the light of the floor mat on her nights here uh, on her on her first night here. Violet's eyes traveled on the floor lamp as she remembered that evening and when she reached the electric socket, she had an idea. We all know, of course, that we should never, ever, 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 there's a thousand evers, ever fiddle around in any way with electric devices. Never. There are two reasons for this. One is that you can get electrocuted, which is only not only deadly, but very unpleasant. And the other is that you are not Violet Baudelaire one of the few people in the world who knew how to handle such things. And even Violet was very careful and nervous as she unplugged the lamp and took a long long look at the plug itself. It might work. 
Hoping that Klaus and Sonny were continuing to stall the adults successfully, Violet wiggled the two prongs of the plug this way and that until the last, at last they came loose from their plastic casing. She now had two small metal strips. Violet then took one of the thumbtacks out of the butcher paper, letting the paper curl down the wall as if it were lazy. With the sharp end of the tack, she poked and prodded the two pieces of metal until one was hooked around the other, and then forced the thumbtack between the two pieces so that the sharp end stuck straight out. The result looked like a piece of metal you might notice if it lie in the street, but in fact, was it was what Violet had made was crude. A word crude here means roughly made at the last minute rather than rude or ill-mannered, a lock pipe. Lock pipes, as you probably know, are devices that work as if they were proper keys, usually used by bad guys to rob houses or escape from jail. But this one was one of the rare times when a lock pick was being used by a good guy, Violet Baudelaire. Violet walked quietly back down the stairs, holding her lock pick in hand and crossing her fingers with the other. She tiptoed past the enormous door of the reptile room and hoped her absence would not be noticed while she slipped outside. Deliberately averting her eyes from Dr. Lucafont's car to avoid catching even a glimpse of Uncle Monty's body, the eldest Baudelaire walked towards the pile of suitcases. She looked at first at the old ones belonging to the Baudelaire's. Those suitcases contained, she remembered, lots of ugly, itching clothing that Mr. Poe had bought for them soon after their parents died. For a few seconds, Violet found herself staring at the suitcase, remembering how effortless her life had been for all of this trouble had before all of this trouble had set upon them, and how surprising it was to find herself in such miserable circumstances now. This may not be surprising to us because we know how disastrous the lives of the Baudelaire orphans are, but Violet's misfortune was constantly surprising to her, and it took her a minute to push through the thoughts of their situation to push the thoughts of their situation out of her head and to concentrate on what she had to do. She knelt down to get closer to Stefano's suitcase, held the shiny silver padlock in one hand, took a deep breath and stuck the lockpick in the keyhole. It went inside, but when she tried to turn it around, it scarcely budged, only scraped a little on the inside of the keyhole. It needed to move more smoothly or it would never work. Violet took her pick lock out and wet it with her mouth, grimacing at the stale taste of metal. Then she stuck the lock pick into the keyhole again and tried to move it. It wiggled slightly and then lie still. Violet took the lock pick out and very, very hard retrying her hair, retying her hair ribbon. She thought you know, she cleared the hair from her eyes, though she felt a sudden prick on her skin it wasn't unpleasant and familiar, and it was a feeling of being watched. She looked quietly behind her, but only saw the snake-shaped hedges in the, sh- in the lawn. She looked from side to side and saw the driveway leading down to Lousy Lane. But then she looked straight ahead through the reptile room glass. It had never occurred to her that the people could see through the reptile room walls clearly as they could see out. When she looked up, Violet could see through the cages of the reptile room 
the figure of Mr. Poe leaping down excitedly. You and I know, of course, that Mr. Poe was panicking over Sonny and the incredibly deadly viper, but all Violet knew was that whatever ruse her siblings had devised was still working. The prick on her skin was not exactly explained, however, until she looked a little closer to the right of Mr. Poe and saw that Stefano was looking right back at her. Her mouth fell open in surprise and panic. She knew that she only had seconds now, and Stefano would invent an excuse to leave the reptile room and come and find her. She hadn't even opened the suitcase. Quickly, 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 she had to find a way to make her buck pick work. She looked down at the damp gravel on the driveway and up the dim, yellowish afternoon sun. She looked at her own hands and smudged dust from picking up the electric plug, and that's when she thought of something. Jumping to her feet, Violet sprinted back into the house as if Stefano were already after her, pushed her way through the door into the kitchen, and shoved a chair of the floor chair to the floor in her haste. She grabbed a bar of soap, dripping from the sink. She rubbed the slippery substance carefully over her lockpick until the entire invention had a thin, slick coating. Her heart pounding in her chest, she ran back outside, taking a hurried look through the walls of the reptile room. Stefano was saying something to Mr. Poe. He was bragging about his expertise of snakes, but Violet had no way of knowing that. And Violet took a moment to kneel down and stick the lockpick back into the keyhole of the padlock. It spun around quickly, all the way around, and then snapped into two. Right in her hands, there was a faint sputter and sound as if one had fell to the grass and the other sticking straight up in the keyhole with a jagged tooth. Her lockpick was destroyed. Violet closed her eyes for a moment in despair and then pulled herself to her feet, opening the suitcase to gain, oh, using the suitcase to gain her balance. When she put her hand on the suitcase, however, the padlock swung open and the case tipped open and spilled everything on the ground. Violet fell back in surprise. In surprise. Somehow, as the lock picked turn, it must have unstuck the lock. Sometimes even the most unfortunate of lives will there will occur a moment of or two of good fortune. It is very difficult, experts have told us, to find a needle in a haystack, which is why needle in the haystack has become a rather hated phrase, meaning something that is difficult to find. The reason it is so difficult to find a needle in a haystack, of course, is that all of the things in the haystack, the needle is only, is only one of them. If, however, you're looking for anything in a haystack, that wouldn't be difficult at all because you would start sifting through the haystack and you would most certainly find something. Hay, of course, but also dirt, bugs, a few farming tools, and maybe even a man who had escaped from prison and was hiding there. When Violet searched through the contents of Stefano's suitcase, it was more like looking for anything in a haystack because she didn't know exactly what she wanted to find. Therefore, it was actually fairly easy to find any useful as ev evidence. A glass vial with sealed rubber cap, as one might find in a scientific laboratory. A syringe with a sharp needle. A small bunch of folded papers. A card laminated in plastic. A powder puff and a small hand mirror. Even though she knew she only had a few moments, Violet separated these items from the smelly clothes of the and the empty bottle of wine that was also in the suitcase and looked 
at all of the evidence very carefully, concentrating on each of them as if they were small parts of which she was going to make a machine. And in that way they were. Violet Baudelaire needed to arrange these pieces of evidence to defeat Stefano's evil plan and bring justice and peace to the lives of the Baudelaire orphans for the first time since her parents perished in that terrible fire. Violet gazed at each piece of evidence, thinking very hard, and before too long, her face lit up in a way that it did when all of the pieces of something fit together properly and the machine worked just the way it should.'"